Welcome back to the Wise Man's Fear page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear page, and then we talk about it. This is page 493. Reused parchment, as if every note of her song had been another flick of a knife, scraping until I was entirely blank and wordless. I looked down dumbly at my hands. They still held the half-formed circle of green grass I'd been weaving when the song began. It was a broad, flat plate already beginning to curve into the shape of a ring. Still looking down, I heard the rustle of Dennis' skirts as she moved. I needed to say something. I'd already waited too long. There was too much silence in the air. The city's name wasn't Marinatel, I said without looking up. It was not the worst thing I could have said, but it wasn't the right thing to say. There was a pause. What? Not Marinatel, I repeated. The city Lanra burned was mere terrenial. Sorry to tell you that. Changing a name is hard work. It will wreck the meter in a third of your verses. I was surprised at how quiet my voice was, how flat and dead it sounded in my own ears. I heard her draw a surprised breath. You've heard the story before? I looked up at Denna, her expression excited. I nodded, still feeling oddly blank. Empty. Hollow as a dried gourd. What made you pick this for a song? I asked her. It wasn't the right thing to say either. I can't help but feel that if I'd said the right thing at that moment, everything would have turned out differently. But even now, after years of thinking, I can't imagine what I could have said that might have made things right. Her excitement faded slightly. I found a version of it in an old book when I was doing genealogical research for my patron, she said. Hardly anyone remembers it, so it's perfect for a song. It's not like the world needs another story about Orin Velsiter. I'll never make my mark repeating what other musicians have already hashed over a hundred times before. Denna gave me a curious look. I thought I was going to be able to surprise you with something new. I never would have guessed you'd heard of Lanra. I heard it years ago, I said numbly, from an old storyteller in Tarbine. If I had half your luck... Denna shook her head in dismay. I had to piece it together out of a hundred little scraps. She made a conciliatory gesture. Me and my patron, I should say. He's helped. Your patron, I said. I felt a spark of emotion when she mentioned him. Hollow as I was, it was surprising how quickly the bitterness spread through my gut, as if someone had kindled a fire inside me. Denna nodded. He fancies himself a bit of a historian, she said. I think he's angling for a court appointment. He wouldn't be the first to ingratiate. The end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. This page is Dense with close readability. I am so excited to, to bite in onto it. Uh, the first thing, I'm going to go from top to bottom because I have a lot of notes on this page. The first thing is that uh, Kvothe is, is fidgeting, weaving a ring of grass. That seems significant to me because we've already learned about the ring game and we've learned that there are commoner rings that mean different things. Um, and perhaps this is one version of the origin of that where you know, you know if you're sitting with your lover idly, twisting grass together and you weave a, a ring that that you know could be afforded greater import because that's like a thing that young people do i remember like tying rings together and, and playing with them when i was a kid yeah although like if that is what we're meant to draw a connection to then it is a sharp irony because of course this is not a really a romantic moment and it only gets less romantic as it goes on it's because he doesn't finish the ring well, it's not because of that. Like the 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 rings, the fact that he doesn't finish the ring is a symbolism of the fact that like this was a make or break moment and he didn't finish the ring. He broke the moment. 
Big time. And there's a couple opportunities here. And he even says it on the page. He even says, if I had said something else, if I had said the right thing, then everything would have been different. And it it would have the right thing to do when she says, you've heard the story before. The right thing to say is, yes, I heard the story when I was in Tarbine. This strange storyteller told me a different version. Isn't that weird? And then they could collaborate on starting their research and they could start speaking honestly to each other and say, wait, you've heard this. Well, I heard this. And then they could start to get into the actual what's actually happening. And then furthermore, at the very bottom of the page, when Quoth gets jealous of the patron of sitting with Denna and doing the research, that's what he wants to do. And that's what they should be doing. They need to put their heads together and they need to compare notes and they need to say, I found this version. I found this version, what's true and what's false. And then together they can solve their problem. That's yep. what needs to happen on this page. And that's what didn't happen. What, and that's and, what Kvothe is responding to. And if that is what needs to happen on this page, if, if that's correct, then that does occur to Kvothe, but it occurs too late. Because he does say eventually, you know, I heard it years ago from an old storyteller in Tarbin. But by then, the tenor of the conversation has already started to kind of fall apart. Yeah. Well, and also Dennis says you were lucky to be in Tarbine. You know, she she doesn't know the context of that story. If I had half your luck, but like obviously, quote, yes, quote has been lucky. But, you know, this is another moment where Denna just assumes that he just like was in Tarbine and heard a story, but doesn't know the context. And I think the same is true, right? Like Quoth has been looking for stories about the Chandrian. And if Quoth had found this story sooner, not only could they have perhaps compared notes on it or he could have shared it with her, but you know, it would have been more information for, for Quoth to have. So they both probably feel that they're, that they're lucky. I um, do think that like, those are constructive things that Quoth definitely could have said in those moments, but he also like the first thing he could have said could have been really easy because it was something he'd already told us the reader, which is he could have just been honest and said any one of the nice things that he included for the readers, like that there were, that the chords were well chosen or that the rhyme was subtle and strong. Like he could have said any of those things. He could have said that the song took his breath away, like, because it did. That's totally true. And that is exactly what you do when you are telling, like if you go to see your friend's show and it sucks, but there's like, you find whatever things you are in it that you think you can honestly compliment and you compliment those. But you could also say what he honestly told us, like Jordana was saying, he could say, this is a song that will people will sing for a hundred years. Like he could actually be honest. He could share his, he's not just saying something nice because a friend worked hard on something. He actually is like completely taken aback at how great this is. Yeah. But of course, if he did just do that and leave it there, then his fear that Denna might be in danger and his anger that she got the story wrong would have nowhere to go. Right. Like, like dramatically story wise, like that, like those things have to get resolved. Yeah. But you can have both. Like You can I, start with a compliment and go into like, that's what most critiques are. Most critiques are, this is nice. Here's how to make it better. Right. But the reasons that he doesn't like the song have nothing to do with whether or not it's good or not. Yeah. But the here's how to make it better could be like, you made a nice song, but I think the story needs work. He doesn't want to make it better, though. He wants to torpedo it. He wants this. He wants this. He wants her to, to completely it rewrite it from top to bottom. Yeah. Is what Which he wants. Which is a way to make something better. It's just <laughs> you have to redo it to do like, it. I think that we what we have to keep in mind here is that Quoth's not trying to give a good critique. That's not the mindset that he's in. 
right? That's that's that was never going to happen in this scene. I know it makes me sad though. Uh, we learn a little bit about the patron here. She lets something slip that he is in court. Uh, or at least he is close enough to the court that he, she thinks that he's trying to get a court appointment as some kind of genealogist. Who else did we encounter who knows a lot about genealogy? I do believe it was Codicus. I do think it would be odd that her patron would be Codicus. Um, but um, it was Brayden who pointed her to Codicus, who pointed both to Codicus rather to look into genealogy. No, it was the mayor. Oh. <laughs> womp womp. Well, that's still another, <laughs> another point in Codicus' favor of all, of all things. Anyway, the point is genealogy is is swirling around the mayor's court in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't well, surprise me at all, though, considering it's a court. Uh, oh, here, here's a crackpot theory for you to for you to wrap your head around. Uh, so we do, the mayor tells Quoth that the way to mellow in Lackless's heart is through genealogy to like, you know, you have to know your history and whatever. So if Denna's patron is mellow and Lackless, then maybe that makes sense. Yeah, true. Although uh, that mellow and Lackless wouldn't need a court appointment, but then again, maybe she has her true identity hidden from, uh, from Denna. That's right. Hmm. Much to think on. I'm good for this page. Do we have any mail before we go? We do. We have a letter on the mayor's poisoning from Eric, who writes, Hello, pagers. I was listening to page 460, and you all mention, again, the possible motivations behind the mayor being poisoned. Now, I just finished watching The Witcher for the second time and found myself paying a lot more attention to the Mage Guild and their background manipulations of the kingdoms. Perhaps Codicus is part of a group of this kind and was keeping the mayor weak for some other reason. You mentioned in a previous episode that perhaps the mayor is now pursuing a war that he wasn't when he was ill. Maybe you are right and Codicus made his way to the mayor to stop a war from raging and now Quoth will be the reason why some terrible things happened. Maybe the emir are a similar group that is pulling the strings behind the scenes in many kingdoms and that is why there aren't many references to them. Secret societies want to stay secret. Hopefully you don't find this pot too cracked. Cheers, signed, Eric. I'm not sure there is a pot too cracked for this podcast. And I think and not that... only is this pot not too cracked, I consider this a, a fully formed uh, pot, uh, thick and reliable for simmering a hearty gruel. And uh, we love hearty gruel on this podcast. Yes, I think it's extremely likely that the Emir and or the Chandrian are both doing a version of that. They're both trying to manipulate large scale events by doing small things such as waylaying tax funds or inserting important people or inserting minor people into important areas to to do small things that that change the course of history in some way or other so uh i i the details has got to escape me eric but i 100 percent uh believe that something like that is happening by the way jordana you you have failed in your duty oh i did you did not exclaim hands <gasps> at the beginning of this page when Quoth oh looks God. down dumbly at his hands that held the half-formed circle of green grass he'd been weaving. Oh my gosh, I totally missed it. Well, well at least one of us caught it. Jordana, you know we what? have no choice but to lower you solemnly <laughs> into a vat of molten lava. Of uh, gruel. That's why we keep the gruel. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep one of the not-cracked pots to put the hot gruel in so that you can put whoever's being punished into the gruel. Got it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's okay, I'll have one of the interns 
uh, take my place. I'll dress them up with like a wig and stuff. Well, where do you think we get the stock for the gruel? <laughs> Gross. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Listeners, we will ladle another heaping portion of gruel into your ears on tomorrow's episode of Page of the Wind. Wind.